Chapter Sixteen of Fighting the Flames. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Fighting the Flames by R. M. Ballantyne. Chapter Sixteen. Willie in a New Light. Left alone with the fairy, Willie Wilders began his duties as sick nurse, a sphere of action into which he had never thought of being introduced even in his wildest dreams. He began by asking the fairy if she was all right and comfortable, to which she replied that she was not, upon which he explained that he meant was she as right and comfortable as could be expected in the circumstances. Could he do anything for her? in fact or get her anything that would make her more comfortable than she was but the fairy shook her poor head and said no come now won't you have something to eat what had you for dinner said willie in a cheery voice looking round the room but not discovering any symptoms of food beyond a few empty plates and cups the latter without handles and a teapot with half a spout i had a little bread and butter said the fairy no tipple inquired the nurse no except water ain't there none in the house no do you get nothing better at other times inquired willie in surprise not often father is very poor he was ill for a long time too and if it hadn't been for your kind master i think we should all have starved he's better now but he needs pretty good living to keep him up to his work for there's a deal of training to be done, and it wears him out if he don't get meat. But the pantomimes began, and we were getting on better, and the fire came and burnt everything we had, almost, so we can't afford much meat or beer, and I don't like beer, so I've got them persuaded to let me live on bread and butter and water. I would like tea better, because it's hot, but we can't afford that. Here was a revelation. The fairy lived upon bread and butter and water. Willie thought that, but for the interpolation of the butter, it would have borne marvelous resemblance to prison fare. "'When had you dinner?' inquired Willie suddenly. "'I think about four o'clock.' "'And can't you eat nothing now?' Again the fairy shook her head. "'Nor drink?' "'Look if there's anything in the teapot,' said the fairy. Willie looked, shook his head, and said, "'Not a drop.' any leaves why y yes he brought the pot nearer to the candle there are a few used-up ones oh do pour some hot water into it but i fear the water is cold and the fire is too low to boil it and i know the coals are done but father gets paid his salary to-morrow and he'll give me some tea then he's very kind to me father is and so is jim she sighed as she spoke and shut her eyes ziza said willie in a careless tone you won't object to my leaving you for a few minutes only a few i want to get a little fresh air and see what sort of a night it is i won't be gone long ziza so far from objecting said that she was used to being left alone for long long hours at a time and wouldn't mind it so willie put the candle nearer to her bedside placed a teacup of water within reach went out shut the door softly behind him groped his way through the passage and up the stair and got into the street 
that day his eccentric employer had paid him his first month's wage a sovereign with many complimentary remarks as to his usefulness the golden coin lay in his pocket it was the first he had ever earned he had intended to go straight home and lay the shining piece in his mother's lap for willie was a peculiar boy and had some strange notions in regard to the destination of first fruits where he had got them nobody could tell perhaps his mother knew but nobody ever questioned her upon the point taking this gold piece from his pocket he ran into the nearest respectable street and selected there the most respectable grocer's shop into which he entered and demanded a pound of the shopman's best tea a pound of his best sugar a pound of his best butter a cut of his best bacon and one of his best wax candles willie knew nothing about relative proportion in regard to such things he only knew that they were usually bought and consumed together the shopman looked at the little purchaser in surprise but as willie emphatically repeated his demands he gave him the required articles on receiving the sovereign he looked twice at willie wrung the piece of money three times on the counter and then returned the change gathering the packages in his arms and putting the candle between his vest and bosom he went into a baker's shop purchased a loaf and returned to the subterraneous grotto laden like a bee to say that the fairy was surprised when he displayed these things would be a feeble use of language she opened her large eyes until willie begged her in alarm not to open them wider for fear they should come out at which sally she laughed and then being weak she cried after that she fell in with her nurse's humor and the two proceeded to have a night of it ziza said she'd be a real fairy and tell him what to do and willie said he'd be a gnome or a he fairy and do it at the outset willie discovered that he had forgotten coals but this was rectified by another five minutes airing and a rousing fire was quickly roaring in the chimney while the kettle sang and spluttered on it like a sympathetic thing as no doubt it was willie cleared the small table that stood at the invalid's bedside and arranged upon it the loaf the teapot two cracked teacups the butter and sugar and the wax candle which latter was stuck into a quart bottle in default of a better candlestick now ain't that jolly said the nurse sitting down and rubbing his hands very replied the patient her eyes sparkling with delight it's so like a scene in a play continued willie only much more real suggested the fairy now then ziza have a cup of tea fresh from the market o chiny as your dad would say if he was selling it by auction he's a known codger your dad is ziza there i know i forgot something else the cream i don't mind it indeed i don't said ziza earnestly willie had started up to run out and rectify the submission but on being assured that the fairy liked tea almost as well without cream and that there was no cream to be got near at hand he sat down again and continued to do the honours of the table first he made the fairy sit up in bed and commented sadly on her poor thin neck as she did it observing that she was nothing better than a skeleton in a skin then he took off his own jacket and put it on her shoulders tying the arms around her neck next he placed a piece of board in front of her 
saying that it was a capital tray, and on this he arranged the viands neatly. "'Now then, go at it, Ziza,' he said, when all was arranged. Ziza, who received his attentions with looks that were wonderfully gleeful for one in her weak state of health, went at it with such vigor that the bread was eaten and the tea drunk in a few minutes, and the supply had to be renewed. When she was in the middle of her second round of buttered toast, for Willie had toasted the bread, she stopped suddenly. "'Why don't you go on?' asked Willie. "'Because you have not eaten or drunk one mouthful yet.' "'But I'm looking at you, and ain't that better? However, if you won't go on, I'll not keep you back.' And with that Willie set to work, and being uncommonly hungry, did what he styled terrible execution among the widows. For some time the nurse and patient ate in comparative silence, but by degrees they began to talk, and as they became more confidential, their talk became more personal. "'Do you like being a fairy?' said Willie, after a long conversation. "'No, I don't,' replied Ziza. "'Why not?' "'Because... because... I don't like the things we have to do.' and and in short i don't like it at all and i often pray god to deliver me from it that's strange now said willie i would have thought it great fun to be a fairy i'd rather be a little clown or a he-fairy myself now than anything else i know of except a fireman a fireman willie yes a fireman my brother blade uh frank i mean is one and he saved the lives of some people not long since. Of course, Willie here diverged into a graphic account of the fire in Beverly Square, and seeing that Ziza listened with intense earnestness, he dilated upon every point, and went with special minuteness into the doings of Frank. When he concluded, Ziza heaved a very deep sigh and closed her eyes. I tired you, Ziza, exclaimed Willie, jumping up with a look of anxiety, and removing the tea-board and jacket as the child slipped down under the clothes, he asked if she wanted to go to sleep. Yes, for I'm very tired, she sighed languidly, then added, but please read to me a little first. Uh, what book am I to read you? said Willie, looking around the room, where no book of any kind was to be seen. Here, it's under the pillow. Willie put his hand under the pillow and pulled out a small pocket Bible. Read the third chapter of St. John's Gospel, said the child, closing her eyes. Willie read in the monotonous tones of a schoolboy's voice until he came to the sixteenth verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Stop at that verse, whispered Ziza. I'll go to sleep now. Her breathing soon proclaimed that she was in the land of dreams, so Willie removed the candle a little farther away from her, and then, resting his elbows on the table and his head in his hands, began to read the Bible. He turned over a few pages without much intention of finding any particular place, for he was beginning to feel sleepy. The first words his eyes fell upon were, Blessed are they that consider the poor. He roused up a little at this and read the verse again, for he connected it with the fact that the fairy was poor. 
Then he pondered it for some time, and falling asleep, dropped his head on the Bible with such force that he woke up for a little and tried to read again. But do what he would, he could not get beyond that verse. Finally he gave up the attempt, and, laying his forehead down upon it, quickly fell sound asleep. In this state the couple were discovered, an hour or two later, by Mrs. Catley, Sr., and Jr., on their return from the theater. "'Inscrutable mysteries! Say, what is this?' exclaimed the elder clown, advancing into the room on tiptoe. Apostrophizing his eye, and one Betty Martin, the younger clown said that it was a rare go and no mistake, whereupon his father laid his hand on Willie's shoulder and gently shook him. "'Eh! Another cup, Caesar?' exclaimed the self-accused nurse, as he put out his hand to seize the teapot. "'Oh, I thought it was the fairy,' he added, looking up with a sleepy smile. "'I do believe I have gone and fell asleep.' "'Why, lad, where got ye all those things?' inquired the senior Catley, laying aside his cloak and cap and speaking in a low tone, for Ziza was still sleeping soundly. "'Well, I got em replied Willie, in a meditative tone, "'from a friend of mine, a very particular friend of mine, "'as declines to let me mention his name. "'So you'll have to be satisfied with the whittles, "'and without the name of the virtuous giver. "'Perhaps it was a dork, or a squire, or an archbishop as it did it. "'Anyway, his name weren't Walker. "'See now, you been and woke up the fairy.' The sick child moved as he spoke, but it was only to turn, without awaking on her side. "'Well, lad,' said the clown, sitting down and looking wistfully in the face of his daughter, "'you got your own reasons for not telling me. Mayhap I have a pretty good guess. Anyhow, I say God bless him, for I do believe he saved the child's life. I've not seen her sleep like that for weeks. Look at her, Jim. Ain't she like her old self?' Yes, father, she don't need no paint and flour to make a fairy on her just now. She's just like what she was the last time I seed her go up in a gauze cloud to heaven, with red and blue fire blazing all around her. I'll bid you good night now, said Willie, buttoning up his jacket to the chin and pulling his cap down on his brows with the air of a man who has a long walk before him. You're off, are you, eh? said the elder clown rising and taking willie by the hand well you're a good lad thank ye for coming and taking care of ziza my subterranean grotto ain't much to boast of but such as it is you're welcome to it at all times good night good night said willie good night jim jim replied good night heartily and then willie stepped into the dark passage he glanced back at the fairy before shutting the door but her eyes were closed, so he said good night to her in his heart and went home. End of chapter sixteen.